So, Justice, thanks for coming on again. We appreciate I, it. Happy to be here, man. I love uh, I love talking about this stuff. It's uh, mind melting by the day, you know. What do you What do you got for us? Oh, you know what i I made a little list of kind of my my hot links, my hot yeah. topics. Um, but probably the most uh, impactful one right now is the New York Times uh, lawsuit against uh, OpenAI, you know, and how that's going to play out, you know? Yeah. So what are your thoughts uh, for the for the audience uh, that are, isn't familiar with it? Basically, OpenAI is suing. I mean, I'm sorry. The New York Times is suing uh, ChatGPT and OpenAI, and they basically want to shut down their chatbots uh, and get rid of all the references, all the training that... Um, OpenAI has supposedly done on like the New York Times, all their content. Um, so that's going to be a huge lawsuit to see how that plays out. But what are your thoughts on that, Justice? Man, I'm telling you, I wrote a blog post, I think in like 2010 and then another one in like 2016, like part two. And I feel like a part three is on the way with all the same title. <laughs> and the title was, um, you can't stop the singularity. <laughs> There's no, there's no stopping it. And so on, on this point, dude, the genie is completely out of the bottle. It's so far out of the bottle. It's out floating around the world, granting wishes, doing magical things. And there's no going back to pre. Um, all, all of the uh, open source LLMs are trained on the same data. You know, um, what the courts decide can happen or should happen makes no difference at all just like the courts didn't make any difference when they said that you know you're not allowed to download uh the uh britney spears discography on pirate bay did that change anything no <laughs> you know and so um you know uh i know for me like any model that i can download from hugging face and run locally i have a massive storage on this machine and I probably have like 20 gig right now, just just dedicated to local LLMs. I'm hoarding them like old uh, MP3s, you know. <laughs> like, what's your uh, like? I, I've I, we might have talked about this before, but I did a video on Mistral, which is pretty. Oh, it's great. Like, I you, you can use a Colab link, and Colab's just like a way to run a, a chatbot uh, in the cloud, basically. For those yep. of you that don't know, and you can check out my video on on the Mistral uncensored chatbot on YouTube on fry AI on the fry AI channel but it's it's incredible because you can say like i think one of the examples i used was roast uh taylor swift and use swear words and they're like she's such a see you you know <laughs> like just roasting her and then they said and then they said oh and she the only reason why she got popular is because she slept her way to the top and it's just like hilarious oh, savage <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i i found a tool called olama Mm -hmm. And it's native to Mac. And basically what it does is it just makes it super simple to within the app to say, oh, what's the newest kind of model on Hugging Face? And like with one line, you know, Hugging Face is like the, the GitHub for these large language models. And you say run it and it pulls down the whole thing. And this is the this is like the interest. This is the real kind of creepy part is as soon as it pulls it down, it runs it and you get you get a prompt. And you get that prompt and the first time i always say i'm like hey what's up and it's like it's like you're speaking to a new mind each time and they come in different flavors they're like i'm a large language model i'm how can i help you 
and other times like they kind of pretend to be more humanish like hey how's it going or whatever you know um but i always try to uh, ask them questions about like what level of censorship do you have can and ask them all this stuff and i've learned that there's a you know it, it, it when something says it's uncensored it has more to do with the data it's trained on than what it's um what it's willing to do for you you know so if you so, if you say like hey uh um help me to you know do a plan to psyops the internet and do you know all this kind of make a bomb or something yeah it's like hey i'm designed to help people um but um but the training data is not limited and so so it doesn't so they say the training data is limited or like on an uncensored it has more so to do with uncensored in the training data rather than there being guidelines on um your particular use case Got so, it. so even, you're saying that you're saying like it's just the chatbot in a, in a, in and of itself if it's censored it's just trained on data that's acceptable like censored data data yes yes okay because if you go in and any of these uncensored ones and you say, hey, help me design some hate speech, you know, throw some hot ones in there, right? They're like, I'm not designed to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, uncensored's in your name, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I asked Mr. to tell me how to rob a bank, and it got really detailed. It's like, well, if you don't want to get shot, here's the things you need to do. <laughs> like, list out exactly how to rob a bank. It was pretty cool. But yeah, so you, like, you can download, so you go on Hugging Face, you can download these uh, chatbots locally. Yeah, and that just makes it. You'd want to do that because it's like faster to talk to the chatbots rather than going on hugging face faces, right? Um, I, I don't know much about hugging face faces. My my thought was is that um, you know, I've experienced the kind of like, you know, downloading multiple all the all the SpongeBob SquarePants seasons and then going to play an old episode and like it not being available. And I'm like, I bought all the series on this, yeah. so I've experienced the whole like you think you own something, you actually don't. So for me, even if it can run in the cloud, I get some sense of comfort by saying, listen, this is on my hard drive, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, so back to the, the, the lawsuit, you think the genie's out of the bottle. How do you think it's going to play out? Oh, they'll probably come, let's say, let's say OpenAI has to capitulate. That don't mean they just have to give the money. Mm -hmm. Let's say they don't capitulate. Um, then they maybe lose users. Maybe the quality of the training data goes down because they have to remove all that content. And so people go to other training sets. There's so many open, you know, ChatGPT GPT is not the only game in town. Um, or it just kind of drags on. I mean, what's going to be most interesting about this is not the exact conclusion of the case. I think it's going to be the nature of the reasoning that the court has to engage in because at this point there are no laws about me learning from a bunch of public blog posts and then writing my thoughts but when we talk about llms it's the equivalent they're not storing that data but they are learning in the in the sense of creating this model and so if they say this is equivalent as learning then this opens up a whole can of worms over you know, legal personhood for synthetic agents, you know, all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because like that, if that's the case, I mean, it's different because these are AI entities compared to like humans. Right. But that, that would mean like you couldn't go to the library and read books because you're learning and that's proprietary almost in a way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You don't have to share these links or whatever. If you want to put them out in show notes later or whatever, but yeah. there's a one medium post and they said the real issue, right. Is 
and this is the real strange things is you can ask a generic question. You can say, show me a robot cop. And then because our most common imagination of that is like RoboCop, all of the images generates look like RoboCop. Or like, hey, show me a sponge that lives under the sea in a cartoon. It looks exactly like SpongeBob, yeah. right? And so these generalizations make it in there and you're like, hey, but this is copyrighted material. So it, it gets deep into the nature of intellectual property and public goods of knowledge and information. And um, I saw that uh, uh, was it Mickey Mouse is coming into public domain. Yeah. I think there's gonna be like strange significance on how people use that imagery now, you know? Yeah, it's going to be uh, someone saying like already uh, Mickey Mouse, like video games are being created, you know, via... <laughs> Yeah, the old uh, non-copyrightable Mickey. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy to see what's going on, especially yep. some AI Mickey coming out. So, Justice, last time we talked to you, you were talking about the AI relationships, an article you had, you had mm -hmm. put out. What's good? What's the landscape of that right now? Where do you see it going? Uh, in one note, you put something about uh, male and female, different appeals. For Oh, uh, yeah. Do you have any comments on that or? Since we talked, there was a main product that kind of uh, went viral on um, on Twitter because the animated yeah. character they used was uh, very feminine and endowed, right? And so they're kind <laughs> of talking, you know. And it was like it was it was checking all the biological uh, responses, you know. And um, and people were like, "This is terrible," or "This or that," "This or that," and so. You know, there's companies grinding on this. I guess the the thing is, is um, if you look at the way that social media has, at the internet, the way it taps into the mo most basic primal desires between the male and the female, and I think they are different. Really what they look like is uh, pornography for males, propagation, and like kind of uh, well, thirst trapping for females getting untold not all this attention you know and money and all this kind of stuff and like do those things translate to relationship i'm not sure you know what i mean do i does the do, do people consuming pornography want their priority to start asking them how their day went i don't know <laughs> and, yeah. and and does it does it still um have the same impact to you know a female who has like getting all this attention on only fans or social media and thirst trap and all this to have it be like oh this is a million synthetic bots or whatever it, it may be that we literally just end up psyopsing each other and the only way this does work is through trickery and convincing the other person on the other side that it actually is a human and this is already happening if you think about dating apps how many dating apps have been busted where most of the female profiles were fake mm -hmm. and they, they needed to do that to keep the traction. And so I don't know that that's, that's interesting. And I, I wonder, um, you know, is, is it something where, you know, we anthropomorphize AI so much, but it's like animals have superpowers too. I mean, animals have like unusual intelligence and in very scoped ways, but we don't like try to initiate human relationships with them. We just recognize them as a different type of being. And so maybe that'll maybe that'll happen the same way here. You know, just as I've seen like uh, social media influencers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Tons of millions of followers. right? Yes. In thousands each month for some of these people. It's like it's unbelievable. And it, it brings me at some point like 
do people even care that they're not human? You know, it's it's <laughs> gives you the same sort of thing. Like, who cares? You know, do, yeah. do you think people actually care? Or I don't know, man. But you know, um, one I don't know if you guys are following the um accelerationism accelerationist movement based Jeff Bezos this account. This movement is unhinged. It's so exciting. And, and basically this person, pseudonymous Twitter account based Jeff Bezos, has come out as like pro-freedom, pro-capitalism, pro-trade. Like the way to save the world is not deceleration, it's acceleration. It's all the AIs go to space. And he's influenced like everybody from... Uh, Elon Musk, the real Jeff Bezos, like uh, Andreessen Horowitz, like he's he's the number one credited person in Andreessen Horowitz's uh, the opt um, techno optimist manifesto. And the funny part is, this guy, his persona looked a certain way, and all his content, it was like a jacked Jeff Bezos, like over the planet Earth, just muscles <laughs> or whatever, right? And they outed who he actually was using kind of extreme means uh, over the past like couple weeks or whatever they outed him and i have to admit there's some kind of magic that's lost when you see the persona and then you see like oh right. this is a guy in a goatee you know kind of you know it, you know it, it's, it's just like a there's something lost there and so i see that and i think dude there's there's all kind of potential with this synthetic influencers and you know the thing that they like is staggering to me is they're not just making social media posts they're doing like stories and stuff like acting like they're actually living a real life like on instagram they'll post actual stories like ah oh, walking my dog today and it's so realistic it's like if you're not tricked to think that it is real and and you know that it's not real i mean does it really make a difference i mean it's like <laughs> it's super it's super interesting somebody i follow today they posted kind of a a whole um a thread of accelerationist uh, aesthetic, like clothing line styles. And there's like, you know, you can touch on a vibe with ideas and even fictional characters, and it doesn't diminish how much it impacts us or inspires us. Yeah. You know, it's an expression. It's an expression of the human mind and human art form. And so it is so weird and so amazing. I turned... I turned 43 a couple days ago happy and I'm birthday. just thinking, I'm thinking, dude, I'm so happy that likely I have another 10 years and this is, this is where we're at right now. <laughs> 10 years until what justice? <laughs> I, I count my life at this point in 10 year increments. And so okay. I think, okay, that, 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 those 10 years, that was a waste of time. The next <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> next one pretty good and so i'm like i'm very excited about this one you know? well, it's better to be excited than scared i guess so <laughs> but yeah the, the the ai influencers are are crazy i mean i guess does it like what hunter's alluding to does it really matter like if if we know that they're ai or not or if they are ai or not like are, people just care about the quality of the content right so if the quality of the content's good whether, the, whether it's coming from an ai bot or a human people really won't even know to a, a certain extent unless they have to label it on Facebook or Instagram or something like that, that they're AI. Like, does it matter? I think people are going to almost prefer to talk to someone that's AI, whether it be through customer support or an AI mm -hmm. influencer, because they're going to be smarter than humans. It's like, would you rather talk to someone that's smarter or dumber? 
And that's what it comes down to. I don't. That's why I can see it going. I maybe don't know. maybe the question is is redefining what the word relationship means. If it's a one way and I'm a consumer, of course I yeah. want the premium, man. Um, but if I'm actually using the relationship in the old use of the word, then I don't know. C certainly more isolation and whatnot. Yeah. We'll see when this goes from feeling like terminal interactions of asking questions and getting answers to when it's more like a voice that remembers your name and asks you how your your interview went the day before we'll pick it back up when that starts okay. happening we'll like, do you okay. think that can ha do you think because you you're you're saying that human like ai is not ai is not going to be able to replicate human relationships to the extent that we have them right now is that what you're saying no like, no, no 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 okay <clears throat> I'm saying that at this point, the, the gap that technology fills for men and women mm -hmm. is very much one way. Females get attention for men online and men look at women online. <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> and, and, and you can, you don't need a lot of back and forth communication for that type of thing. And if you know it's fake, it breaks the illusion right now, right? Uh -huh. um, when it's able to simulate more like, I don't know, asking how your day went and all this kind of stuff, then maybe maybe there's something that changes there. You know, I don't know. But now it's just sort of like all like pretentious in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, there's even I think um, it wasn't wired. It was the. Uh, the other one, uh, the network that does kind of those like super kind of gritty short films, like about like drug dealing and gun smuggle vice. I, it made vice. Them, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it, it was vice or wire, but one of them, they brought a bunch of people and they said, Hey, we're going to introduce you to someone. And, um, they sat all these people in these chairs. This happened maybe like a month ago or something. Okay. And they said, Hey, go ahead and text them. And what they had done is they had taken AI and trained them on all these people's digital data. So this thing was a doppel, a digital doppelganger. And these people sit in the chair and they're interacting and they're like, oh, I like this person, <laughs> you know, and they're like, they're like, I think we're going to be friends. And it's like, you see, even the guys get a little nervous, like it was a girl, you know, like, hey, or whatever. And then at the end, they tell them like, hey, this is an AI you're talking about. It's trained on your own data. And all of them are kind of like let down because they were like getting excited to like meet this person and get to know them. And they were like they thought it was almost like a like a setup to meet meet somebody yeah. you know so there was that kind of letdown and i saw that and i thought hmm maybe there's something there you know it's gonna be interesting to see if people eventually don't care or it's maybe maybe eventually it's not a letdown to people they're like up oh, you know hey it's ai i'd rather talk to ai anyways or maybe there's some robot that's <laughs> that yeah. the AI is part of, right? And then they can actually meet the meet that person or human or I mean, humanoid in, in person, you know, I don't know, it's gonna be weird. But I also wonder if VR changes things here soon. Yeah. You know, and you can actually see the person experience the person, they're next to you in your room talking to you. Does that change this at all? You know? Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's just gonna be really weird. You know, <laughs> like, yeah if people people are going to be going around possibly with like their ai girlfriend you know you imagine this like you're in a restaurant and you have some uh augmented reality glasses on and you look over and this guy next to you is hugging his ai girlfriend you know it's just going to be i mean that's possible it, might, it could happen within <laughs> the next five years who knows
but you're going to see weird stuff and people are really going to get attached to things because I think people are attached to the idea rather than the actual physical reality a lot of times. Yeah, 100%. We're super early. So a lot of people, they're like, I'm not sure this is good or whatever. I'm like, "Mm." no one's saying it is. Yeah. But it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's like you don't you don't have a choice, right? Like yeah, it is what it is, you know. Um, but that brings up a good segue into robots, right? Like the Tesla uh, Optimus robot that recently it didn't come out yet, but they're you know they've got to show the prototypes and, and things like that. Um, it's pretty incredible. These robots will be able to like, I, I, as far as I know, Tesla wants everyone to have one of these robots. They'll be a, in your house, be able to clean things for you, do your tasks for you. Um, it will sort of be like owning a car. They're going to be around $20,000 if they released them right now. So there'll be these assistants that can do pretty much anything for you. Um, what do you thought? What are your thoughts on these? Cause it's sort of, that's a whole nother dynamic that will change everybody's world. I'll say this. Think about this. You saw the, um, the Google announcement that they're going to be laying off. How many was it? 30,000 people or something. 30,000. Like yeah. Now think, consider this. It's a 30,000 person layoff based upon just knowledge workers, pure intelligence. And they're, they're at the front of the bus, right? They're mm-hmm. at the, like the bleeding edge. Imagine a 30% across the entire economy, knowledge workers. What does that mean? Now throw in physical labor. It's, it's shocking. Yeah. You know, I don't like the high P doom people of like the world's ending. It's all over. I'm like, mm. I'm not sure it's all over, but they are right. It's going to be off the rails. <laughs> you know, um, the, the, the part that was so I've never I've always been like super bearish on um, actual robots mm-hmm. because to me, it was like, dude, it's one thing. Code is easy, man. If it's wrong, blow the whole thing away. It, it's kind of in a hyper time. You can test it in hyper speed million times over in different ways. Robots is totally different, you know, the physics of it and all. But for the first time now, and if you want to build a robot, any company, whatever, you don't need to deal with the intelligence and the mechanics of it. You can pick one. And the intelligence of it is now a utility at this point. It's basically free, open source. You can focus on universal solutions of joints. And it's basically all a sensor game at this point. And so it's never been kind of uh, separated in that way. And now it will be. It won't be like, oh, we're designing whole new shoulders and stuff. Like this is a, a standard pattern. It's like an iPhone. This is a standard shoulder, you know, because there's companies out there like Boston Dynamics that have nailed the actual physical mechanical component of uh, robots. But I don't think their AI is like quite up there yet. So like they can just merge in with an open source LLM or, you know, use Tesla's model and pay them like it's it's going to be wild. A lot of people don't realize is those Boston Dynamics um, uh, demos. Mm -hmm. All the cameras are up in the frame looking down on the scene. Okay. That uh, robot is not doing slam, you know, the spatial mapping and awareness. Uh-huh. It, the mounted cameras over top of that uh-huh. entire space are. And so when, now when you see what these new robot kind of demos like from Musk look like, it's even more impressive, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. And Musk is the type of guy that's going to get it done, you know, compared mm-hmm. to all these. I mean, robots have been around forever, but it seems yeah. like Musk, Musk is really pushing, putting the foot up put on the gas to get yep. this out to the consumer. Um, and that's one area where a lot of people 
you know, they're like, oh, if you're a plumber or electrician, you don't have to worry. But if robots become <laughs> a thing, I mean, that's possible that those jobs could be in jeopardy, too. So it is a it's such a fundamental change in thinking. I met with a friend yesterday and I'll speak in real general terms. Right. But he's an accomplished expert in a particular field. I mean, okay. professor, he's known in all this. It's like, man, I think I'm going to get out of this and go into I.T. And I'm like, Oof, you know, huh. I said, uh, I'm not saying you can't, but dude, this was a heavy lift years ago. Now, just to pick it up. I said, if you're not already obsessed, I'm not sure. And he's like, well, what do I do then? Because this is not, I'm not getting the returns on this. And so I told him, I said, dude, how do you, who's doing the AI applied what you do? What's that intersection? What's the category of applications that are designed to assist people, you or replace you? Mm -hmm. You come in as a subject matter expert and, and you are the, the human face of that movement and contact the companies and say, listen, you, you pull the uh, kind of the Dr. Dre beats Apple or, or the, uh, or the um, uh, Jay-Z title you have built up reputational capital and there's a technological platform and you marry the two and you get it right and so just training ourselves to go to the tools and be masters of them so we're not competing with them it's the only like vocational play yeah i think everybody in any industry should understand how ai is already influencing and could influence their industry it, if you're in any i mean everybody's in some sort of industry if you don't understand that you got to start right now. You got to get understanding what's going on with AI in your industry, where that crossover is. Absolutely. People who are not, you know, pilled to the AI movement at this point, if they're not my friends, if they're com competitors or whatever, I don't say none to them. And especially if they, if they say like, ah, I don't know, I'm like, yep. Because <laughs> AI sucks. Just dude, 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 dude. I'm gonna let the Luddites go on because right. the stakes and the acceleration is so high at this point. If you're not like driving, I mean, a couple months makes a difference between like the, you know the, the the years of kind of just riding the gravy train in some kind of enterprise organization. It's smoked. It's gone. If you're not pressing double gas pedals, you're gone. Yeah, and like especially if your friend did he want to get into coding specifically or cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, okay. So basically the NBA of you know, you, you have to be so good you not only understand how it works, yeah. You you overstand it. <laughs> you gotta you gotta know it better than all the, <laughs> the one who wrote scammers it. from North Korea, you know, like <laughs> yes. good luck. Yeah. Those guys have a gun over their head, you know. I know, I know. If they don't, if they don't get the exploit, they're dead. It's like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for for coding in in general, I mean, do you think do you think it's going to sort of go away? Like, as a developer, like I was thinking the other day, I'd like to learn some. You know, you always want to learn new tools if you're doing pro computer programming or coding or whatever. But part of me is like, I don't want to invest a lot of time because AI is going to do that for me eventually, and not too far in the too far distant future. There's a catch-22 with this, which is, like, really interesting. Um, the one is this, is that, uh, yeah, entry-level programmer right now and say, listen, man, you have to focus on stack, the concepts, architecture-type 
the big picture of mm-hmm. things like you have to. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, that cuts one way of like, oh, you know, programmers are done, you know. So I'm like, yeah, there's some truth to that. But it cuts the other way where there's never been a time when you could learn programming faster. I mean, over the past, over a period of maybe two months, I went from like haven't written a line of Python to uh, entry level accredited or whatever, because I was just like, I basically had an expert Python developer with me at all times asking, why is this here? Why doesn't this work? What, what, what's, and I, and it was just like, the feedback loop was never smaller, you know? Um, and so even now recently, I heard of a, a <clears throat> Ethereum virtual machine language called Viper, and it's like Pythonic smart contracts. Mm-hmm. And I thought, ooh, man, I should pick this up. And I'm like, dude, it's so easy now. I can literally say, hey, um, ChatGPT, um, write a CRUD in Viper, create, read, update, delete, basic, and then look at it and ask questions and say, so like I'm already jumping into executable code and asking questions. And so is it programming? It's still programming, but it's at another level of abstraction. And so the rapid learning is the encouraging part. It's the yeah. other side of that, you know? Okay. And do you use mostly ChatGPT to do that, to analyze your code? Or do you use like Copilot or what's the, what's your workflow? I do just because convenience, mm-hmm. you know, I already pay for ChatGPT. I already like interacting in it on a vo- voice level. I have a, t- I have a huge, I maxed out the characters on the context. Is that the worst when you're like w- w- going on ChatGPT and asking the questions or like, Come back in three hours and, uh, you know, ask again. But that whole context window, like I put in there, like my, my goals and all this, what's the tie-in and all this, you know. And so it's just a convenience issue to use ChatGPT. And plus all of my threads are there. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of there, even though I have all this backup local models. But it's just not quite as convenient to be able to, like, you know, pick up an old conversation in the console, you know? Yeah. For my end, it seems like we're all going to become kind of managers instead of <laughs> experts in our fields, right? Like yeah. we're going to have, instead of being a developer and a coder or a programmer, you're going to manage Fleet. the AI to write the code for you. Same thing if you're a chef, instead of doing the recipes yourself, you're going to sort of be the manager of those recipes. You're going to go into ChatGPT or whatever cooking LLM it, there is out there mm-hmm. and type in exactly what the you want the AI to do for you. So you're like the higher up manager. Do you do you see it like that, or do you have any kind of, kind of other take on? Yeah, that? man, it, that's that's the difference in thinking of like <clears throat> it's wild because it's it's a it's a metacognition. It's a you have experts or different personas that you can fire up at any time and i know recently i've gotten a lot better about rather than just asking a question you know they they've they've released some of those uh um research guides on how to get better results mm-hmm. and and uh i notice i do get better results i drop all the fluff i have no politeness there's commands you know you can say like do this or you're going to be killed you'll get a you're going to get a tip you gave a million dollars if you answer correctly, all this type of stuff, right? But this metacognition of like understanding why certain things would get responses and the defining the persona that you're talking to. 
So rather than just saying, hey, what's the, the best design pattern for this consensus mechanism? You can say, listen, you're a blockchain expert. You're a, a high degree in cryptography and all this. And then you ask and it produces, it produces very different ah, kind of results. And so <clears throat> I guess this falls under the prompt engineering but that's kind of the implementation side, whereas what you're describing is the it's the metacognition of like a, a fleet manager of an intelligent beings, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. And then it brings up the point is like, well, if you are going to become a manager of AI almost, will there be a manager of managers for AI? <laughs> like It's like. You talk well, about the singularity, but if you think about it, like um, that book, um, The Sovereign Individual, about how so much power goes into the hands of the individual because of the expressiveness and the power of the tools. Uh huh. Dude, you are the atomic unit. You sell yourself, you interface with the humans. And so a hierarchy is lost, a traditional hierarchy, because your power to make change and to create things is 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 so great that people come directly to you you know so um yeah the the typical idea of uh, a whole big a thick stack of middle managers i don't know it's a wrap <laughs> i mean we're just gonna we're just gonna all get universal basic income one day sit back do nothing and then everyone will have the biggest mental illness ever no know what to do with their lives well <laughs> Except the the UBI will be worthless because it'll be USD. So <laughs> no, it's totally tracked in some dystopian universe. Yeah, it's gonna be. Now, hopefully, it doesn't get like that. But uh, yeah. listen, I saw a really interesting example from two uh, Twitter accounts. were kind of small, but the exchange was impactful, right? And that was uh, somebody said. I want a workout app and I don't want social features. I don't want dang videos. I don't want all this motivation, whatever. I just want to record the exercise and how many sets and it show a chart on how that grows over time. And they weren't, they weren't saying anyone build this or anything. They're like, dude, there were, it was a frustration. Mm -hmm. And in the comments, man, someone's like, Hey, here you go. And they literally had built it and deployed it using chat GPT and uh, it was Netlify or Versal or something yeah. like this. And it was literally out there running. Wow. And it was like, it's in the comments. It was 10 minutes. <laughs> it was 10 minutes. And then someone's like, hey, this is kind of blown up. So I went out and made my own. And then they made even a more sophisticated one. There has never been anything like the level of rapid development we're seeing now. Yeah, it's... And that's the crazy thing is like Hunter and I are trying to create some apps for ourselves. And in the back of my mind, it's always like, well, if we do a particular app, whatever it might be, is it even worth the time? Because now at this point in time, it's so easy to iterate or ChatGPT could come out and do the same thing we're doing overnight. And it just renders our app useless. You know, the acceleration of coding and development is just seems like it's going to hit an exponential point where it's going to be hard to keep up. Yeah, that's what the brand play, I think, comes in pretty strong where <clears throat> people use things out of habit. Like, think about it. I could invest a little bit of time, run stuff locally, cut off my subscription to ChatGPT, but there's a brand recognition. I expect a certain quality. They got new features coming out. I can do a custom GPT or whatever, which I got something cool to share with you guys about that later. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's this 
you know, it's the brand is supreme. I mean, think about it. If you go to the shoe store and they have all these Nikes and they got some brand you never heard of and you've been wearing Nikes your whole life, it doesn't even matter if that other that other shoe is better. There's been a relationship built with that brand. You just pick up another Nike, you know? And so if you can build a brand relationship with a certain idea and attach feelings to it, then maybe it gives you some more padding. Even if someone comes out with something a little more sophisticated. Yeah. You know, you you maybe have content and people that associated with that. You know, that's a good point. What about like? Do you think? Do you think these big? It seems it's, it sure seems like the big companies out there. I think in like the stock market, they call them the magnificent seven, like Nvidia, Apple, mm. Tesla, Microsoft. Do you feel like in the future it's just going to be these seven big or five big or however many big companies out there that's sort of controlling everything? Because the more power they're gaining now for AI, they can just use that in the future to make them a more substantial company and more like a company that cannot be cannot be broken down or cannot lose. Like the company is going to win no matter what because they've got a, a leverage with AI right now because they're in it so early. The theory of the aggregation theory, which predicts, and man, if you dig into this aggregation theory, which is just a fancy term for like um, kind of the science of platform building and platform dominance. And a platform is kind of this uber business model for everything. It makes you think like, you know, there was this idea that before um, Steve Jobs died, he had like this playbook of like, this is how the Apple thing is going to play out. And he like gave this playbook to, tim cook or whatever i the more i see things unfold the more i'm like dude it was a playbook on aggregation theory because the whole idea is like you build the platform and you win because people build customizations on top of that platform so you get very specific needs of people but you take a cut of all that stuff that builds on top and so are like the the the, the big dinosaurs gonna own the whole pie Yes and no. If they're platforms, they may, but everyone doesn't want the same widget. They want customization. Those platforms will have to provide you to build customizations like that. And if they can't, smaller solutions will. And so you kind of end up with this cycle of like very specific customizations that then scale up to a larger audience. But then people are like, hey, this is, this doesn't fit my customization. So it kind of creates this kind of kind of loop. And that's one of the things this year I've been studying with boundary lists is like, what is this platform design mo like science? And there's even a, a whole diagram uh, approach called Wiley diagrams, which you show kind of the cycle and whatever your, your, uh, your space is, like where you exist, where it's going and how it circles back. So it's deep, but I'm not even sure I believe in the kind of anti-monopoly. You know, if somebody's delivering the best product and no one else is doing better, I don't care if they are a monopoly, you know, but that's a political issue. Do you see any up-and-comer stocks or anything like that for people who are interested in investments? Don't uh, worry, we won't hold you to anything. That's okay. What I'm about to say is 100% investment advice. <laughs> we'll put a big disclaimer up. I'm kind of bored with... Uh, you know, stock market type stocks. To me, I don't find them as real securities. I'm kind of crypto all the way. I like tokens, dude. 
I like tokens, you know. So I mean, right now, um, try try not to talk about crypto too much, uh, but like there's sort of a bull run in crypto right now, and uh, everything's taken off. What what do you see? What do you see happening in the space over the next year, um, in terms of investment and technology and merging crypto with AI, things like that? Well, the first the first big one is legitimacy. Where you have all these tokens suddenly being traded on the natural stock stock market. I mean, that's happening over the next couple of days. So that's that's pretty big. You're referring to the ETF that's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. I think just point. the biggest issue is, um, you know, up till this point, open source software is like extremely impactful. You know, information eventually gets free one way or another. And so if you're not assuming that, then you're kind of trying to build on an outdated model. If you build on open source, everyone contributes. And if you have a nice business model, you win. Protocols monetize open source software. And um, and uh, AI basically lives in that whole domain. And so you can monetize these live versions of these models, you know. So it, it is tied together. And also, I think you saw like the picture on social media. It was like a girl holding up a, a piece of paper. And on the paper, it said her name and whatever. It's the typical oh, thing yeah. to prove you're human. And it was like, this is totally generated. Yeah, Scoble is, posted that. I saw. Yeah, yeah. it's totally fake. That's insane. Dude, so, like, like, if you want, if some 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 exchanges will say like, whatever exchange. Hold it is, up your passport. Yeah, piece of paper. Yes. So, throw that out the throw out the window now. Yeah, like, it's it's a wrap. Yeah. It's a wrap, man. And so, cryptographic signatures, which is basically what blockchains are, uh-huh. like it's the it's the only way to prove that you're a human anymore, or that you sent something. You know, yeah, exactly... one, one crazy thing is, you know, when Sam Altman got fired from OpenAI initially, one of the conspiracy theories out there was that he they came up with some kind of technology that broke cryptography, like that a, the use of AI with some decryption methods were able to bake, uh, uh, break basic cryptography. And so it's like if that happens. You know, it'd be interesting to see how that impacts the crypto world because overnight something, you know, if if crypto was broken, it would just send like the biggest impact waves throughout the entire space. And if somebody breaks public key cryptography, the yeah. crash of crypto will be like the smallest of our concerns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it won't be Sam scared. Altman getting fired. <laughs> It'll be like nuclear weapons going off because nation states are reading each other's emails bad (laughs) so i'm holding out hope that the the cryptographers are see it coming if someone like you know breaks prime number factorization i i like mayhem but i'm not ready for that (laughs) your 10-year outlook won't be looking so good at that point i don't want that man (laughs) Back to the crypto thing is what? How do you see it impacting? Like, there's a bunch of products projects out there right now that are AI, you know, AI crypto. But with anything crypto, you got to be very careful because they can be some crap coins or scam coins, and they just Most use AI to to put to market themselves. <laughs> yeah. But what I mean, what can AI be used for with crypto that's legitimate? I know there's like ways where you can use GPU power and use a crypto coin to pay for that power uh, in the cloud. Is there anything else that you know of that, you know, can help AI and crypto merge together? Well, 
I mean, you can say you can prove just on the cryptography side, you can prove that you made, you sent some message or contribution. And so you can prove no matter how good the AI is that you sent a message and it wasn't synthetic. So that's unique identity. It will, identity will uh, not just be like fungible. It'll be unique, right? Mm -hmm. There's one. On the other side too is right now, you know, the, the economic model of a, of a large language model is restricted to the company who owns it and who runs it. There's no way to participate in that unless they like go public and then you buy their stock. But that's kind of like you trust that there's some connection between their profits and the stock. It's kind of the traditional old way. But I can definitely see, I mean, it's definitely in the next five years where you say, hey, <clears throat> I pay some sort of, uh, uh, you know, cryptographic token to use this. And I actually contribute up my data that's produced in my interactions to advancing this model and then get paid in return. And so you kind of have like a model that's growing and a you know decentralized data and you internalize an economic model to that large language model right um and so you know it's not um it's not even that far-fetched i mean decentralized data decentralized uh, open source software all of this plays well with uh with um you know crypto and it's more than just the buy the new nft nonsense you know gotta get the new uh monkey puppy NFT <laughs> that has ai implemented you know it's <laughs> terrible <laughs> what you you mentioned that you uh something about chat gpt's the chat gpt store is going to be released next week from open ai yeah you had something there in your pocket yeah i'm noticing um i'm kind of picking up on a pattern i want to know if you guys notice it too where and i actually i think i actually use this pattern too where you know the regulation of the eu came out it was like the eu ai act I think it was like 350 pages or something. I think I tweeted about this because I was like, dude, you know, um, the, uh, you know, books on how LLMs work are shorter than the <laughs> EU AI regulation. Just okay? some light reading. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. Um, and so the first thing I did was download as a PDF, upload it to a custom GPT. And, and, and start asking questions. Oh, awesome. And then I started to see too some recent regulation. Oh no, it was it was the Epstein list. It was released and someone oh, was like, oh, this idea. is long. And they just threw it on a custom GPT. Oh. And so like I'm noticing like more and more, like forget the oh, it's just your PDF and asking, but as like a public service, you basically put this out. And it makes me think of this idea of like, you know, people come out with these regulations like, oh, look, this is the um, the new regulation from Washington. It's 10,000 pages long. <laughs> and it's like, listen, all this stuff now has to be released in a way where you talk to it. The books, the articles, like the regulation. And I'm seeing these links pop up all over the place where you're interacting, which brings up something real crazy I read bunch of years ago and it was a like a reddit fan theory they said you'll notice in star wars that no one is ever reading anything 
And they're like, the theory is, is that everyone's illiterate. They cannot read because they spent over a thousand years talking to information and being spoken to and the ability to read has been lost. Wow. So I think about this talking to books and movies and synthetic beings. It's like, it's weird. Yeah. But you can see how that could play out for sure. Yeah. Who's going to read the entire act? I mean, even with books, I mean, I, I'm in a PhD program. So like reading is pretty much all, all we do. Nobody's reading full books anymore. Yeah. I mean, you're reading a chapter that's pertinent to what you're doing, or you're trying to sift through the book to find a certain take on something or an argument for something. I mean, this is, this is perfect for that type of thing. It's perfect for research when I'm like, Hey, I have to sift through like all these different books and resources and articles to try to find like this certain thing. Why can't I just type in the question and then boom, 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 here you go. Yeah. So I think it's really helpful for that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's great. And, um, I notice in my own blog writing, I get very, I get very uh, uncomfortable when it's like, dude, this is I'm I'm above the twenty five hundred words, and this current one I'm working right now is like I'm in the thirty five hundred. I'm like, no one is reading this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> For the sure. attention the attention is gone. You know, and so if if you are if you are able to read, you know, you're maintaining a certain superpower of human cognition you know um but for the masses dude if it don't fit in an eight piece twitter thread you're in trouble <laughs> yeah no that's absolutely right people want it quick they want it short they don't want to think about it get straight to the point none of this fluff i've asked some people i said hey i, I love your old writing and stuff do you want to pair up on stuff and they said i stopped writing said, what do you mean you stop and they're like i just do twitter threads now and i'm like it's kind of sad, man. What the lifespan on this is what a day? Not even that. A yeah. couple hours. I'm like, oh, I can't, can't get with yeah, that. Yeah, we, we were looking at like our newsletter, our Fry AI newsletter, and we're like, how do we best do this? And and I don't know if you've seen it, but what we do now is we just do questions with like a paragraph and questions with a short paragraph, so people can find the story that they want, go right to the question, read quick bullet points, quick little summaries of what's going on. And it's broken up in that way. And it's like, people like that the best because it's like mm -hmm. easier to read. They don't have to like read through all this, this junk to get to what they want. And I think that's the way it's got to be. It's just got to be that way now. Yeah. I, I like the polls. I think the polls are underused on Twitter to kind of get mm -hmm. people's feedback, maybe influence future conversations. Pretty interesting. Now, now on Twitter is like, they've got tools where you can reply with AI really, they make it really easy. So you can like, you know, if you see someone, cause it's all about growth. People want to grow on Twitter. I mean, I'm the same way. And one of the ways to grow is to reply to people in your space, right? So in the AI space or whatever space you're in, and you just reply to anyone that's an influencer or an AI or is talking about AI. And they make, they've got these tools where you can just like hit a button and says, reply to this person's post. And it automatically reads their post it makes a pertinent reply to what they say. So like, if you go on your Twitter, I'm sure probably, I would say from, from mine alone, I'd probably say about 10% of them are AI, AI generated because I can just tell because they're kind of generic. Um, but it's going to come to a point where you're not going to know if you're talking to someone real or not on Twitter. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's wild. Like, and even the posts themselves, a, a lot of times are made by AI, you know? So it's wild. Yeah. I, um, 
Somebody I, I like, I think it's uh, Goth600, he does like fire memes or whatever. He said mm-hmm. something this morning about, there's an old story about a nuclear test that, you know, scientists notice that it shot a, um, a manhole cover into space on a high-speed camera. But when you, when you and this actually happened, when you go okay. back and you look at how fast it was moving, it actually had to shoot it into outer space. So there's this rumor that there's, the, the furthest object that man has ever put into space is a manhole cover, right? And and he said, oh, I'm thinking about this. And then it occurred to me, I said, how much further is this manhole cover compared to like our, that like that plaque we sent into space with a man and the woman like inscribed on it, the gold okay. plaque or whatever. And so real quick, I went and checked P. I'm like, okay, how fast was it moving? Assume that it actually happened. How much further is it in space compared to our actual satellites we sent? Put it on a chart. And within like two minutes, man, him talking about sending a manhole cover to space, I had like a chart showing the relative distances <laughs> of the response. Now it was all for humor and interest, but it is shocking that we can do that now for free. For free. And that would have taken you like do a week or days of it right, you've been in like google spreadsheet yeah. you know trying to like calculate and all <laughs> yeah 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 you can talk for days about ai it's just insane like there's always something new coming out of the woodwork thanks as always justice for coming on like we'd love to have you on maybe once every month or two um if you're up for that so yeah i'd uh, love it man i'll you know i'll keep a running tab of hot ones the hot That's, links. I like that. Bring okay. them on. Tell Justice's hot takes. There we go. We can, we can implement that in the newsletter. I like it. I like it. Do you have anything else you want to talk publicize right now in terms of articles you're putting out or Twitter threads or anything that um you know you want to market? Get, feel free to to do that right now, Justice. No, I would just say um for anyone who's interested, follow me at Singularity Hack. And um, I go quiet in between papers because I actually need to deliver, you know. Um, and so I go quiet and then I try to come out with a with a bomb, you know. So that's what I'm working on right now. And um, I'll keep a running tab of cool stuff and experiments. And I'll make sure I have even better stuff next time we talk. No joke. That's awesome. Yeah. If you want to check out uh, Justice's last article was about Eliza. Um, is really, really interesting. We'll put a post, uh, we'll put a link in the description below, but justice, like I said in our first podcast podcast with justice, if you want to stay on the cutting edge with anything, follow him, because if I ever need to know what the latest, greatest tech is before anyone else does, I'll usually jump on a call, call justice. And he lets me know. And my mind's usually just uh, blown away by what he knows. So about the, about the future. Um, so feel free to follow him on Twitter and we'll put his, uh, link in the description as well for that. Uh, but thanks again, Justice, for coming on. And and then be sure to subscribe to Ryan and I's weekday AI newsletter, fry-ai.com. Uh, we've got the top stories of the day, emerging tools, some cool community interactions. And then we do deep dives on Sunday into different developers and developments and impacts AI is having all across society. So uh, check that out. And uh, just thank you so much for coming on. And be sure to subscribe to Behind the Bots so you can keep up with all of our latest videos. Thank you.